Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. What is going on, my friend? Welcome back to the Podcast Domination Show on this episode, I have Kaylee Jacobit with me. If you don't know who Kaylee is, she is a trademark and copyrights lawyer. And we get a little bit into her backstory on how she went down that path. But in this episode, we talk about a few key things. Number one, we talk about how she got started in tra- trademark and copyright law. We also talk about how to grow your business through intellectual property. And also, Kaylee answers some key questions about selling non-trademarkable assets, which is really interesting. Um, Really, this episode was an awesome one for me. I'm going to re-listen to it again because there's a lot of stuff in here that you need to know in order to successfully grow and protect an online business. So if you're selling information products, if you're selling intellectual property, your knowledge online you're going to want to stick around and listen to this one. Also, we get a little bit about into podcast law, like, you know, what what deems, uh, you know, you able to take a song and use it and not take a song and use it and not get sued. Um, what is slander versus opinion and much, much more. So be sure to say hi to Kaylee. I'll link her Facebook page, um, which is called, drum roll please, brand law boutique so if you go type in brand law boutique on facebook you will see kaylee um and her page is amazing too so check that out and be sure to say hi to kaylee and let her know how much of an awesome episode this is by the way also there was some things going on in the background there was some fire trucks running around and i think my phone went off halfway through so apologies apologies this is life it happens but um, just an FYI, heads up. So let's get into the show. Hey, welcome to the podcast domination show where we help you launch, grow, monetize, and dominate the podcasting space. This is a show where we believe that if you can get attention with your podcast, you can influence someone. And if you can influence someone, you can get them to take massive action. And if you can get someone to do that, you, my friend, can dominate. I'm Luis Diaz, your host and founder of Podcast Domination, and I'm your guide. Let's go. Kaylee, 
thank you very much for joining, for jumping on the show today. Uh, I think you are the, probably the first person who's an expert in this field that we're going to talk about today. And it's, um, I know you've got a, kind of an interesting angle on it. So I'm super excited to have you on here because I think it's something that's really important. And uh, no matter what you do or what business you're in, this is going to affect you. And it's probably something uh, most people, I'd say 99% of the people listening to this don't have a lot of confidence in. Would you say most people you, <laughs> you work with or run around, you, run, you, yeah. you come across? That, you know, it's people are exciting about putting their marketing plan together, putting their website together. But, uh, you know, the legal end of things is it's boring. I'll admit that. <laughs> I know that. And it's kind of something that people tend to be reactionary toward rather yes. than prepared. So, yes. Yeah, but it needs Yes. Uh, I think I lost you there a little bit. Um, good. Okay. You're back. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned reactionary and it's funny cause I was reading something yesterday that was really blew my mind about how these guys set up their legal structure, tax structure to really bulletproof their business. Um, but it's, that's a rarity. So, uh, I guess to jump back, how did you get into what you're doing now in the, in the law legal space and how do you get sure. to come up yeah. Um, so it goes back to when I was in law school, it's kind of an unusual path that I took, but um, I actually, I was living in China before I started law school and oh, wow. uh, my husband was doing his master's there at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, we were living up like near the North Korean Russian border. It was freezing up there. I was totally done, ready to leave. And so I said, see you later. I'm going to go start law school in New Jersey. So <laughs> I left and I started law And then as we came up on the first summer, everyone is applying for legal internships locally with law firms, you know, so they can get a job, make sense. And I was trying to think about how I could get back to Asia. I was thinking I wanted Mm. to go back to China for the summer, um, hang out with my then fiance. Um, And so I started researching legal internships in China. And one thing led to another. I started applying in Singapore and Thailand. And I actually got an internship in Bangkok, Thailand with the wow. U.S. Embassy, with the U.S. trademark office there. So um, I took that, even though it wasn't in China, and um, headed to Bangkok for the summer. And um, that was an amazing experience. And so that was kind of my forte into trademark law. Um, the next yeah. two summers, I also didn't do traditionally. I, uh, I just wanted to go back to Thailand because why not? I figured... By the time I graduate, I'm going to have to get some boring job at a law firm, so might as well have some fun now. And I went back and I um, interned at um, one of the top law firms in Asia, actually, in trademark and copyright law. And that gave me an ability to have access to pretty big clients, like a major coffee brand that is probably down the street from you, um, big pharmaceutical companies, companies that I probably wouldn't have had access to unless I was you know, interning at the top law firm in New York. So that was kind of my, um, my pathway into trademark and copyright law. Uh, fast forward, the job that I ended up getting after I graduated from law school was as a federal prosecutor in Manhattan. And so I kind of detoured away from um, trademark and copyright law at that time. And um, fast forward, I became a trial attorney, really long hours, um, really high caseload. 
And then I, I became pregnant with my daughter and I knew that that's not what I wanted motherhood to look like for me. I didn't want to drop her off at daycare at 6 a.m. and then like see her for 30 minutes yeah. and put her to bed. So I, um, I knew that I needed to create something different for myself. And, um, and trademark and copyright law just made sense because that's my, what my background was in. That's mm-hmm. what I love doing. And it, it allows me to take clients from anywhere. It's transactional. So it's something that I can do online. And, right. you know, practice from my laptop anywhere. So that's the background story. I love it. That's so, so do you speak any, any Mandarin or Cantonese? Uh, <laughs> Wait, learning? and my daughter is two and she's learning Chinese too. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right. I just had to ask that. I have, I have um, some clients who are. At this they need help. <laughs> nice. Okay. So um, that was definitely, I had to ask that. Sorry. Take us, take us on a tangent. But um, so trademark and copyright law, I'm guessing people listening to this are like, okay, I've heard of that before. I heard you can't, you know, you can't infringe on someone else's copyright. Um, you know, you can't, uh, certain things online we know we're not supposed to do, but sometimes in podcasting and other areas, it gets kind of gray. Um, so I guess I, I want to step back and kind of address why this is important, especially in today's uh, online environments. For people who are trying to grow the, maybe a podcast or maybe just a business online, what is the big uh, ROI on making this reactionary, making this not reactionary and having a plan, like a, uh, a plan of attack for this, essentially? Right. So when you have, when you're running an online business, um, if you have a physical product where you know, you're selling it. um, That's a different type of business model, obviously. But a lot of online entrepreneurs are either service providers or they're teaching something, you know, they're sharing information. And so at the end of the day, um, if you were to remove, remove yourself from that business, what do you have left? You have left your brand and your content. And those are really your business assets. You don't have physical inventory. Maybe you don't have a brick and mortar. Um, if you were to, you know, to, um, put a valuation on your business, it's going to be your intellectual property, essentially. And I think that's the big piece that people um, miss. You know, they may be aware of that they can't steal someone's photo and post it as their own, um, you know, or that they're going to think about trademarking their name. But I don't think a lot of people think about intellectual property, your trademarks and your copyrights in terms of building value in your business. So every essentially every podcast episode would be an asset. Every blog post is an asset. Every YouTube video is an asset that you own in your, in your business. Correct. That's right. You have copy, you have copyrights to all those things. So a copyright is, or you have a copyright to any original work that's in tangible form. So anything that you write, even if you were to write down a poem and put it on your desk, it doesn't even need to be published. You have copyrights to anything that you write that's original. Um, So even if you're sharing how-to information and you're not writing a novel, so it's nothing necessarily creative, you're just taking information and sharing it, you still, you don't have copyrights to those facts because every, you know, you can't own facts. Everyone can use those facts, but you do have legal rights to the way that you present that information. And it can be in a form of a sound recording, so a podcast, a video that you put on YouTube, 
blog posts, all those things um, are your assets. You can license those. If you know, if you had something that was of value, you could potentially license that to someone and make royalties off of that. Or if you were to sell your business, all of those things are going to go into the valuation of your business. So if you have a book, an ebook, um, you know, an informational product that you sell, a course, that is all a part of the valuation of your business. Got it. Okay. So before we jumped on this call about a week ago or so, we spoke about what we wanted to talk about today. And it was two things we kind of determined. One, how to grow your grow your business through um, intellectual property, like trademarking your, your intellectual property. And the other one was how to not get sued <laughs> online, which I think are two extremes. But um, I definitely want to talk, talk about the, how to grow your business um, through your IP uh, and really speak to that because I'm really interested in that because we didn't touch, we didn't really go into detail. So I'm really curious on how, um, I'm sure your book talks about this a bit too. Um, so I definitely want to uh, kind of give people an idea because I'm curious as well as, as what exactly do you mean? Like how can we grow our business through intellectual property? Sure. Intellectual property. It really comes down to creating. Um, so we want to talk about trademarks and copyright. So I'll start with trade. The first thing is um, in order to register a trademark, to own your trademark, you have to have a name that's trademarkable. So typically, unless you have a high level of notoriety, you can't trademark your personal name. Um, you can trademark a logo, you can trademark a business name, but it needs to meet certain criteria. And the leading reason why a trademark might be rejected is because it's confusingly similar to another mark. And so some people think as long as their name isn't identical, then they're good. But yeah. that's actually not how um, it's a level of similarity. It's not a black and white line. It's really a gray area. And so when you're just starting your business, you want to think about the name that you're going to use and conduct a comprehensive trademark search. And so the standard is whether a consumer, and that could be you know a client or a customer, is likely to be confused about the source of your services or goods. And that can be informational products as well, like courses or whatever it is, and the goods or services of someone else. So an example that I like to use is uh, I had a client come to me and I'm going to change around the name for confidentiality, but she was working with another attorney who didn't um, conduct a trademark search before trying to register her name. And let's say the name that she wanted to register was Billionaire Barista. So she filed this trademark application and it was rejected because there was a similar name that was Billion Dollar Coffee Maker. So you see that's similar enough, they're synonyms, but it's not quite identical. And yeah. if you were to do your own trademark search on the government's website, that's um, USPTO.gov, they mm. just have a really, really old draconian system. The technology isn't very good. So it's not going to cross-reference those synonyms for you. If you were going to do a search Ooh. manually, you need to really take out a piece of paper and yeah. like get out your dictionary and write down all of the synonyms. And in fact, wow. that is um, what the trademark attorneys for the government do. Um, when people receive a non-final rejection because their name is too similar, they actually will um, provide attachments to you where they do screenshots of online dictionaries. And that's what the government attorneys do. They'll screenshot <laughs> you this definition, um, how this word is similar to another, and, you know, and therefore your trademark is being rejected. So in order to register your trademark and really have value in your brand, because that, you know, that's what sets you apart from someone who's providing a similar service. There are a million coaches 
There are yeah. a million people, you know, podcasts, um, YouTube channels. What really sets you apart is you. And what are you known by? Either your personal name, which is great and not trademarkable, but or a brand name that you have developed. Maybe that's for a service or maybe it's even the name of your course. That's what people are going to connect with the value that they assign to you. And so you want to make sure you own that. And you can't own it if you uh, if someone else already has a similar name. So that's why you really need to do your due diligence up front and make sure that you can own that asset in your trademark. Interesting. So if you don't have a trademark, if you don't have that aspect of that name of your business really um, solidified and own, you don't have the ownership of it, it's, is it a killer for trying to sell that business and walk away from it like an exit? Or would you have to like, would it completely kill the deal? Cause they have no legally, they don't have like the ownership of it. Yeah. So I would um, break that up into two parts. Let's say okay. that you have a name um, that maybe it's not trademarkable because so one of the other reasons we can't register a name is if it's merely descriptive. So if you had like a podcast show, I'm just making this up, like yeah, yeah. Um, the best podcast. Show. And so it doesn't, there's nothing distinctive about it. It's really just, um, it's just really descriptive. And so that's going to be rejected because it's just not something that's trademarkable. That isn't necessarily going to get you into legal trouble, but perhaps it's not going to build as much value in your business when you go to sell it. Then another situation might be if you didn't do your due diligence, there's another um, user of a similar name that was using the name before you. So they have superior rights to it. Oh. And you build this brand, you build a huge audience, you've yeah. invested a lot of money into this brand. And then if you go to sell that brand and you, um, you know, you essentially not only you do not have rights to the name, but you've been committing trademark infringement all this time. So not only do you not have value in that, but it's a huge liability for anyone to purchase that from you. Right. Um, there are, there's a difference between a registered trademark and a common law trademark. A common law trademark is just, you know, a trademark you're using that's not registered with the, with the federal government. So certainly if you've built a big brand and yeah. later on find out this brand is based on trademark infringement, um, that's probably going to be a barrier to being able to sell it especially if a lot of the value of your business is your audience that yeah. connects your business back to your name. If you have to change the name, you know, and you're also getting out of your business now because you're yeah. selling it, so you're not there with your FaceTime and your name's not there. It's a new business. It doesn't, it's in some ways doesn't have value. Right. So for people with followings and people with audiences, it, it's very important for them to make sure that they do their due diligence and that their name is trademarkable so That's that it's right. actually sellable. So I want to recap really quick some of the elements of having a trademarkable name um, really quick so people can get an idea of like what to look for. Maybe they're starting a new show or part of a company or maybe it's a whole new brand altogether. What, what would be some of the, what would be like the, hand, the, the two or three rules or things to make sure your trademark is like, is your name is trademarkable? Some okay. of the key points here. Just to wrap up um, something. Right. Okay. So first, number one, you want to make sure the name is not taken yet. So you want to do a thorough um, trademark search. And I explained that a little bit. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm because I'm a trademark attorney. So I'm going to say, I think you should seek the advice of a trademark <laughs> attorney to do a search I, for you. You know, that's like asking yeah. a good floss, right? Um, right? But the reason I recommend that is because 
in my practice, I use special software. Um, so you're not having to sit down and write every synonym you can possibly <laughs> think of. You know, yeah. the, the AI of the software does that for you and it's really comprehensive. So that's a big advantage. So definitely doing a trademark search. The next thing is that you want to make sure that it's distinct. So, um, you know, a level, there's a, a range of distinctness. Um, for example, Starbucks, that's a very distinct trademark. Mm -hmm. And the reason is Starbucks, the name itself has nothing to do with coffee. Yeah. Um, and then compare that to maybe a coffee shop called like the Bean Company is still probably, you know, rises to the level of distinctiveness that you can register that. But it's not as distinctive as Starbucks because right. it has something to do with coffee. And then the last thing is um, there, there are a couple things really, but um, to boil it down, I would say you, you don't want it to be merely descriptive. So, um, again, like if you're a life mm -hmm. coach, um, like the transformational life coach, um, that broad. might be trademarkable, but again, there, there's a potential there that you could get into a refusal for mm -hmm. it being merely descriptive. Um, again, I'm a trademark attorney, so <laughs> I guess I think that you plan on investing a lot of money into your brand, a lot of money, um, you know, into developing your logo and your website, that it's yeah. worth hiring a trademark attorney to do a search for you and a legal opinion letter because they're going to outline all of those potential problems. I think that's probably solid advice across the board. I mean, you know, like <laughs> you get a high professional, an expert to do everything else. You might as well protect it at the end of the day, all that money you put into it. So uh, it makes sense. Um, so I, I'm interested in your book. So what's the exact name of your book? Because I want to make sure people know it because I'm interested to read it. Because I think it's one of those things like it's going to sit in the, like on your bookshelf and it's going to be like a handbook. You know, it's, it's like yeah, one of those things I, you need. And I certainly hope it is. My book is called Brand Law, A Legal Blueprint for Launching and Running Your Business. And so it's a really, um, you know, A to Z primer. It's mm -hmm. not, um, I, don't, I don't ramble about any boring legal topics. It's really <laughs> nice and to the point, need to know information not written in legalese, written so you can actually understand it and brings you all the way from your trademark search to deciding whether you can operate as a sole proprietor or an LLC or whether you need to be a corporation. I break down the pros and cons of each and you know when you might be ready to become an LLC or to become a corporation, things like that. Right. Um, what contracts you need and not just what contracts you need, but I break down like the major points in each type of contract and mm -hmm. why you need those um, components to your contract and what they mean. So, right. you know, if you were to look at a contract, there's usually a um, limitation of liability clause. Mm -hmm. And it's just a bunch of like legalese that makes no sense. So yeah. in English, I explain to you like, what is that? Why do I need that? Yeah, that's, you, you know, you make me think of my own contracts that we have with our clients and our partners. It's like, I probably need to send it. I probably need to like work with you on that. <laughs> we need to work together on, on, on that. Yeah. It's like the thing, about, the thing about contracts is it's not just, you know, like a well-worded document. It, mm -hmm. Each sentence has like a operative function. It's kind of like writing code for a website. Like that sentence wow. actually does something, you know, it's not just like, Oh, that sounds really nice. Or now we understand <laughs> each other. Yeah. Communicated and like it actually has a function, but when you're writing code for a website, you can hit the preview button and, you know, see what you just did and go back and make a change. But, yeah. you know, when people 
piecemeal their own contracts or, you know, get yeah. some cheap split or copy someone else's. It's, you know, you're really playing um, Russian roulette and you can't press that preview button. And Until really it goes live. And you don't know what's in there. Yeah. Uh, you don't know if you have a strong contract until you're, you know, knee deep in legal trouble and, and then it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. That's the scary, that's the scary thing. And then also um, just knowing in, when you're going to, a, to an agreement with someone like, you know, anyone online who's done a partnership or works with clients, it's like, you need to have that stuff sorted out or else it's going to be too late. You're saying it's going to be too late before, you know, um, and, and that's never, never really good. Um, so I, I'm curious about your book. What's been, what was your favorite chapter to write? Um, well, you know, actually my favorite, um, my favorite parts of the book to write were, um, I call them law breaks. So in between each chapter, I was trying to not bore people. With too much <laughs> so yeah. I take a little like law break and it's more like, you know, inspirational, um, topics like moving past fear. And that was actually the, the funnest part. That was the fun part. <laughs> yeah. 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 To have that. Like you, you need to register your contract, but let's, you know, let's talk about time management now. <laughs> Right. That is interesting. So I didn't, yeah. Um, so for your, for your book, we talked about a little bit about growing your business with the trademark, with having, you know, the proper trademarks and copyright um, things in place. Um, what else is there to that? I'm, I'm curious as to if we covered it all, because I want to make sure we get a, like a good idea of like why this is important, A, and then how it can help you. We, we talked about a bit more like selling your business, which I think is really interesting. Um, I'm quite curious. Have you worked any podcasters yet? I'm sorry. What, can you say have you worked with any podcasters yet? Um, not, not really. Not, not yet. Much. Okay. All right. I think so. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to go for it here. One of the things I get asked a lot is in regards to using specific types of music and using specific, um, like different things you hear. Maybe you hear like on, hear it on like the radio or like little like snippets or sound bites of people. Uh, what do you, if you know, or, or I don't know if this is maybe a little bit outside of the area that I know you, you really focus on, but, um, I want to answer this question when it comes to music online or any kind of music that's like obviously on the radio. Cause I get this from people too, who have like huge online followings. They're like, Oh, can we use like Mariah Carey's song? I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, can you speak to that a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, it seems complicated, but it's actually fairly simple. So this is copyright law. So music falls mm -hmm. under copyright law. And if you're asking yourself that question, can I use this? Um, break it up into three questions, this little roadmap, and then you'll come to your answer. Did you write this music yourself? Are you the musician? You wrote this music? Mm -hmm. um, if so, yes, you're free to use it. Second question, do you have a license to use this question for personal use? So... Within the license, there, there are two different types of licenses. Um, and that's, that's the third question. First, for personal use. If you were to, um, to go online and buy a song, let's say for your wedding video, for example, like you, you, know, you had your, um, your wedding filmed and they're gonna play background music to, to go along with it. Um, you can go online and you can download songs for personal use to be in your wedding video, for example. And so you've now purchased a license and you can use that for your wedding video. Um, but you can't use it for commercial use. And so that would be the third question. Have you purchased a license to use this song for commercial use? 
And so if you're using something in your business, um, you know, like, I, like the example you use. So if you have a podcast, that's a commercial purpose, right? And so you need a commercial license um, to use that. And then, you know, there are going to be varying types of licenses um, that, you know, it might be a one-time use thing or um, allow you to use it multiple times. So if you're going to be playing this video over and over again, you're going to need an extended license. Um, so if you want to use a Mariah Carey song in your podcast, you can do that by purchasing a really expensive extended commercial license. And if you don't do that, you're committing copyright infringement against, you know, a business that has enough resources to make you take that song down. Um, definitely. So yeah, it's always, I always get that question. I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, I don't want to be in between or having to like, you know, forward you the emails from people with a cease and desist, you know, so I'd rather stay out of that. Um, I think that's, that's a really good, a really good way to, uh, um, kind of lead into what I, what I want to go into next. Cause I hear people say, Oh, what if you use like two or three seconds of this? It's okay. Or, or like, you know, there's someone else's voice from a YouTube video. Um, have you ever had come across that question or, or come across that where people want to take something from someone else's work, put it into theirs, um, right. maybe give credit, maybe not. Uh, it, it's interesting. So I'm just curious to hear yes. your, your thoughts. I'll get on the box now. Um, when I <laughs> say, you know, like give, um, give credit to the source, that mm -hmm. means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It mm. doesn't, you know, claiming, um, you know, giving credit to the source where this photo came from or where this clip came from yeah. or anything like that doesn't do anything as it relates to, um, to copyright law. And so copyright law doesn't just protect Mariah Carey. It protects all creators. Um, like I said, if I were to write a poem down and put it on my desk, I have copyrights to that. So you can't just take a snippet of someone else's video that they created, which they have copyrights to, and use it as your own. So there are two things here that I want to talk about. First, to address your question about how much can you use if you just use a little bit. So right. there is no... Um, there's no line, either when it comes to video clips, when it comes to music, or when it comes to written documents. Like maybe if you, know, if you went to college, um, the, you know, there are plagiarism standards where if you use only so many words, then it's not plagiarism. Plagiarism and copyright law are different things. One relates to like ethical standards in academia, and one relates to intellectual property law. And so really, it, um, copyright law comes down to the level of um, original work that this is. It's not, uh, there's no fine line of like six words or like a six second clip, anything like that. Um, so any, any amount of that, if you're using it, could be copyright infringement. There is a caveat to that. The other thing I wanted to talk about, the fair use exception. So you may see, um, you know, like a, a photo of a celebrity posted on mm -hmm. Facebook and yeah. there's like a joke, you know, a joke above it. And so that usually falls under the fair use exception and that covers critique and commentary. So oh, that's, okay. um, that's one thing I can answer specific questions of, um, you know, people's individual circumstances because usually they're pretty fact intensive. Um, yeah. but yeah, that exists too. And you should be. Aware of that. Got it. So fair use is like critique and commentary. That's interesting. I was always wondering like, how do people get away with that? Do they get in trouble? 
Yeah. Um, another thing, last thing here on the podcasting side of things is uh, I've heard this talked about um, a little bit, but slander on someone else's name. Say if someone gets on a show or they're talking bad about a celebrity or they're just discrediting the person or just talking very, very bad about them. Uh, is it possible for someone to potentially go after that person for slander or anything of the sort? So um, there are a couple of things here, and this is not, this is no longer um, intellectual property law, um, uh, but I can, I can, okay. yeah, that's okay. Um, so, so first of all, when it comes to slander, um, you can have an opinion, you can have a negative opinion about someone mm-hmm. and you have um, the right to express that opinion. So slander um, covers facts. If you're making factual assertions about a person that are false, and so if you bring, I've had people come to me, um, you know, that are concerned that they may be a victim of slander. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to, you know, bringing that to court, there are a couple things that you need to prove. And one of them is that the, the facts that were asserted against you were false. Um, and typically, you know, there's definitely a time and a place to bring a lawsuit for slander. But right. sometimes, especially making personal, you know, very personal accusations against you, um, to, you know, to disprove those things, to prove that the statement was false, it's can hard. really get, you know, into the details of your life and oftentimes not be worth it. Um, yeah. So there, you know, there are a couple issues, um, there that you could talk about, but, but yeah, in general, it's going to cover facts that are false. Got it. Got it. Okay. So just, just interesting there. Cause sometimes you'll hear some people just kind of go off and it's, I've heard some, some bad situations, but very rare. Um, go, I want to get back a little bit back into the IP. I think before we talked last time, we were discussing a little bit about processes in your business and how you can even, you can even trademark that, or, you know, that's technically your property, how you do something. You're, if you're a service provider, the different documents that you use, the SOPs, um, right. I'm sure there's some people here who have businesses online that use those kind of things. They're afraid of their competitors, maybe stealing them. What would be, yeah. How can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So those, um, the things that you're talking about, mm-hmm. your processes, your SOPs, um, mm-hmm. things like that, how you do business behind the scenes, right? Um, are they may be your trade secrets? And so trade secrets are another type of intellectual property law, but they're different from patents, trademarks, and copyright. Um, trade secrets are protected through your contracts. So really. Um, the only way to protect your trade secrets is if you have an employee, like a W-2 employee that you've hired, or maybe a freelancer that you've hired, um, or even if you're working with a client, you know, and they've, they've come behind the scenes, you know, in some ways behind your business. And so right. you're sending them documents, <clears throat> you know, maybe it's your worksheets are going to have a copyright component to it and possibly also a trade secret component. Yeah. So you are going to protect trade secrets in your contract. Um, and it's going to be under a non-disclosure clause. And that is what protects your trade secrets in your business. Got it. So basically everyone you want to work with, people out there running businesses online, they want to make sure that contractors, employees, even clients have that, you have that clause in there whenever they have signed a contract, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So that should cover, you know, you, um, your the proprietary information of your business. Right. Um, and so just like we talked about, like all of your systems, um, the behind the scenes of your business, that's also all going to be included as proprietary information 
that's mm-hmm. in a non-disclosure clause. Yeah. Got it. And when it comes to contracts, I know for me, when you, we talk about all these contracts and making sure they're, they're airtight, making sure they're really, really um, solid. Uh, there's, oh, I know there's LegalZoom. I know there's other places online. Um, I, we spoke about something you were doing pretty awesome recently. Um, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like, how can people get this much easier and get it all done and make it uh, less of a headache? Because I've tried LegalZoom personally, and it's like, it's not the easiest damn thing to use. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of different nuances. Legal Zoom. So first of all, getting back on my soapbox, (laughs) they don't give you a legal advice. There's a disclaimer at the bottom of the website that says, we are not a law firm. We do not provide legal advice. And they're actually, um, you know, not allowed to do that by law. Right. And so really they're a paper service. They're, they're just doing your paperwork for you. And that's Mm -hmm. the value that you're getting from legal. Um, Back to, back to my new project, which is, launching in about a month from now. It's called Contractista, and it's contract customizable contract templates for entrepreneurs. So a lot of people, you know, we talked about how um, the words in a contract are legally operative. It's like Correct. writing code for a website. It's actually going to have a function and do something. So right. it's not something that you want to meal together or just copy and paste because not only may that not protect you, but actually it's copyright infringement to just copy and paste even <laughs> a privacy policy. If you go on the website, copy, paste the privacy policy, that's actually copyright infringement. Yeah. But so you don't want to do that, you know, go down the road and find out that you had a really weak contract. At the same right. time, a lot of entrepreneurs, new business owners, they don't have the budget to spend thousands of dollars to hire an attorney to draft their contract for them. Correct. So the solution um, that I've come up with is customizable contract templates. They're attorney drafted by me, business attorney, intellectual property attorney, and then all of our contracts have been peer reviewed by attorneys with over 30 years of experience in contract law. So you're getting a really solid customizable contract in your niche too. And then you can just you know customize that with the details of your services, your clients' details, and then reuse that for every client that you have. That is awesome, really awesome. I think it's really helpful too. Um, being a service provider online myself, it's like some of those things kind of hang around in the back of your head. Like that could happen. What if this happens? But like at the end of the day, you're still focused on growing your business probably 90% of the time. Um, so, <laughs> you know, but you do have to be weary of those other things coming, you know, that could sneak up on you or that could just happen out of the blue. Um, I'm definitely going to have you on the websites um, at, so I have a trusted, trusted advisor section. I'm going to have you there. Um, can you say the website one more time? Whoops. Yes, it's um it's not live yet, but it's going to be contractista.com. So Contract C O N. Yeah, con- contractista. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. That is uh I like that name. I'm going to have it linked in the web in the show notes as well. Um so everyone needs to if you don't have a contract or a solid contract in place for your business or multiple for the things you're doing, um I think it's probably worth your time to uh to check it out. So, um Kaylee, thank you very much for today. I know we've had uh quite a lot of stuff in the background, my phone going off the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the police going by <laughs> and everything else. But, um, I think this is one that I'm going to want to transcribe and, uh, make sure it's, it's written out. So we have everything there for people. So thank you for your time. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lewis. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Likewise, likewise. Um, and I will make sure we will do an announcement when the, your website's live. So just let me know and, um, oh, awesome. we'll, we'll get it out to everyone.
Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much to Kaylee for coming on the show. Hope you enjoyed our conversation and I hope you take the time to connect with her. If you have any types of questions regarding uh, law, intellectual property, copyright, branding, et cetera, et cetera, she's an expert in it. And I hope you learned as much as I did on this episode. So once again, her her Facebook page is Brand Law Boutique. Brand Law is actually one word, just so you know. Brand Law Boutique, check it out. Go connect with her over there. And be sure, if you have questions for me, to email me, lewis at podcastdomination.co or just go to lewisryan.com. I think that's probably easier. It's probably shorter, so save your hands some time and some typing. lewisryan.com, and we can connect over there as well. Other than that, I look forward to speaking with you on the next episode, and keep dominating, my friend, and I'll see you later. Bye.